Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So how much does it mean to recruiting in Texas to play a bowl game in Texas? How much does it mean to play the Longhorns anywhere? And then obviously you're doing both. Of it's huge. Time. It's huge. I mean, like within an hour of it being announced, I had 25 text messages from high school coaches in Houston. Just excited for the game, excited for the matchup. Um, so, and and that and the fact that you got guys here from you know like Brant Keithy, for example, the the year that he's having, and then to be able to say that you got him out of Houston, Texas, and and uh, and his brother Blake. A lot of people don't know about Blake. Blake's uh, had a hard go of things with some ACL tears, but that guy's unbelievable. Really good football player. So. I'm excited to obviously be down there, have those coaches, have those have those recruits see us. That was Morgan Scally talking about recruiting Texas, which uh, of course is at the heart of the story. Uh, that is uh, that certainly went national. Gordon, I heard it talked about on Fox Sports Radio all weekend long. Morgan Scally, of course, the news broke during the show on Friday, which. That was uh, that was tough news to to break during the middle of the show, Gordon, to uh, to process some thoughts. But uh, I, get us started. I I read your column over the weekend. Um, I, I appreciated your perspective. Kind of kind of sum up your message, and maybe I can add there too. Well, okay, uh, we're doing the show on Friday, and we get word of this that there was a text message that Morgan Scally had sent out. And that it had used uh, a racist slur in it. And uh, since then, there have been all kinds of indications as to what the scenario was. And uh, do you trust those uh, sources, Jake? Mm-hmm. That uh, there was a text involved that he was he thought he was sending to a, a, a colleague, and uh, he instead sent it to the recruiter, the recruit's family, or something. And it included that racist slur. Right. Um, do you, and you believe that? You think that's exactly what happened? Um, well, I don't think we know exactly what happened. But, I mean, you know, Camrani had that as part of his story. And Morgan himself admitted to, to sending the text. So, I mean, it, he it said, would— he said, he said it was a text message. That's, he didn't give any detail. No, he did not. But this would seem—it would seem to fit, wouldn't it? So, so yeah, it, it does seem to piece together. Um but Morgan comes out, apologizes, said how sorry he was for what took place and that he would learn from it and that it would never happen again, that he is not racist. Now, just the use of that word from an employee of a public university, especially somebody in a position of leadership, especially in this day of awareness, is the timing is really difficult for a lot of people. And it, it, it seems as though there are different reactions, like I said earlier. There are those who are defending him. There are those who are saying, hey, let's wait this out. Let's see what the invest, independent investigation finds. There are some who say, nope, he used that word that's unacceptable. Where We want him gone. Uh, there are those who suspect that if you use that word casually in a text, then chances are it's not the only time, the first time, the last time you're going to do it. And so this is the vortex of what Morgan finds himself in the middle of. Now, many people really like Morgan Scally. 
Uh, we we know Morgan. We've worked with Morgan. He worked on our radio station for a while. Uh, I think most of the guys really like Morgan Scally and respect him. And this kind of blew a lot of us away. We weren't aware of any such of a thing. So now it's up to individuals to figure out how they react to it. And I understand bits and pieces of all these things. Uh, but I, I do think that the use of that word is unacceptable no matter what. And I know that football coaches use colorful language. I know they try to find ways to motivate their players, and sometimes that language gets pretty rough. I understand all that, but you don't use that word. And for those who say, oh, there's hypocrisy here because uh, black athletes or black musicians or you know African-Americans in general can use that term amongst themselves – and so why can't why can't a white coach use that? Well, I, I think if you really stop to think that through, you can figure that out pretty quickly. I read an article over the weekend, Jake. It, it was by a black intellectual. I don't I forget, I forget his name, but he was saying that you use. He said, "I can call my wife honey, but a stranger across the room, it's inappropriate for him to call her honey." So there are different usages where uh, where it's okay in one circumstance and not okay in another, and I think that's pretty clear for most people to understand. Anyway, it's egregious in my mind. Uh, he apologized. The apology seems sincere to me, but this needs to be taken really seriously, and I think that's what the university is doing. Uh and, and that's it, the nutshell. I did not draw a conclusion in my column because I don't have all the facts. But if there is a pattern here, that, that cannot stand. And I, 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 I understand that there have been various youths who have been asked about it, former players. And some say, one in particular tweeted out that, that he too had been called that, that name by Morgan. I don't know whether he has or he hasn't. That's what he said. And that's a problem for me, if that is, in fact, the truth. Others have said they don't think that Morgan is a racist. They think he might be somewhat naive or less than versed in in the best way to handle or talk to certain African-American players. Uh, So there, there is that information that is coming forth. But I imagine that this investigation, this review that is taking place, that's what they're looking for. They're looking to see what the pattern is, and then it's up to the university to decide from there. One other thing to this, Jake, sorry to talk so much. I, yeah, you have your your uh, say in just a second. It's interesting to me. I don't know when Kyle Whittingham became aware of this. And if he did become aware of it before now, what did he do about it when he became aware because I think it would be bad for him if he did not know about it, if he knew about it and didn't do anything about it back in 2013 when this particular incident uh, was to have taken place. So, Gordon, let me let me can I I want to cover what uh, what you said at the at the last part right there. But I, I have some some overall thoughts uh, about what uh, what you uh, kind of got to here. OK, but first of all, on that last part, and I was talking to Austin about this. I want to know what law firm they hired. I, I want to know who exactly is doing the investigating, because the last time something like this happened, they hired a law firm whose expertise is in putting out fires. 
So what <laughs> uh, at what what angle is this going to be investigated in? You know, is it going to be investigated to mm, just get to the bottom enough that uh, you know people can get by? Or is it going to be truly investigated? I want to know. I want to know who they hired to do that. I, I think that's but actually how, a very important piece of this puzzle. How does that serve the University of Utah's purposes if they were to go soft on him when it's become a national story that this term was used by an assistant coach at the University of Utah? I think there is extreme pressure for them to get this right. I think because if it is if it isn't handled right, if if someone if they soft shoe this, then that not only will that hurt the University of Utah's reputation, it will also hurt them in a very pragmatic way, or potentially could as far as recruiting goes. Well, you could say, well, okay, take the football out for a second. You could say all of that about the Lauren McCluskey murder, and they've botched it. It's been a disaster, yeah. a disaster. So you're one hundred percent right. And they, they have a lot on the line to handle this correctly. But if, if past experience is any evidence, then that's, that's far from, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> let's hope they come to that conclusion. Let me put it that so way. So you think the potential is there for them to brush this, give it sort of just a, a quick uh, once over? The, po- the potential? Make, make, I certainly do. I, yeah. I certainly think the potential is there. Okay, how about this, Gordon? I want to look at this uh, realistically and get down to the question that, that you raised in your column of whether Gordon or Morgan Scali should should keep his job or not. And I want to start off by saying words matter. You know, the words that we use every day, the words that we text and email and all those sorts of things, they matter. Uh, and it's it's how we communicate and interact with our with our fellow man. Uh, I have a benign example from my life, but when I kind of learned this lesson, Gordon, it was a it was a recruiting day, uh, and I was young uh, on the in my career on the radio, and we had a, a recruiting expert on who was a real. I mean, it, it, let's just say it was a biased opinion that we were getting, and I was frustrated with the way the interview went, and I had somebody who emailed me. And said, uh, a listener emailed me and said, well, why would you have this Homer on on the radio? And I emailed back something aggressive to the point of like, I don't know why I would have blah, blah, blah. And it was not, you know, it was it was not the correct way to interact. And I just did it because I was I was bothered that because that's not what I thought we were getting with the interview. Let me put it that way. Uh, And then I uh, find out that some the, the person that I emailed went and posted it on a message board and said, oh, this is this is directly from Jake Scott, blah, blah, blah. And I get the the recruiting guy that we had the on the air. I get an email from him saying, hey, well, you know, why are you why are you bad mouthing me out there and running me under the bus? And I'm just trying to make a living and all these wonderful arguments that he made to me. And I had to email him back. I'm sorry I I took uh, responsibility for it. I said, you know, I learned a lesson that. You know, it's not just typing words out on a keyboard. And again, that's a benign example from my life. But I certainly learned that lesson that that words matter and we should consider our words when we when we speak and when we communicate and uh, because we're we're ultimately responsible for the consequences of our words. And I, I don't need to tell you that you make a living with your words uh, in written form, Gordon. And I, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about because you consider the language in your columns very carefully. And uh, and I admire you for that because I think you you do a really good job when you do that. But my my point being is, 
is is words matter and there are consequences to our words. And in this case, Gordon, I want to look at this at the reality of the situation and try to get to the bottom of your question. If Morgan Scal can Morgan Scally be an effective coach in his position going forward? And I don't know that he can. So personal feelings aside and looking at this situation for a second and trying to address the, the, the question that you put up in your column, can, and we talked about this a little bit on Friday, but going forward, can Morgan really identify with an 18-year-old black kid going forward? Can he coach that? Can he motivate? Can he recruit that? Can he do his job? And I, I brought up a, an example uh, with Austin when we were chatting about this before the show. You know, I don't know how many Michael Richards movies you've seen lately. But his use of that word prevented him from doing his job, and he had to find another job. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, all uh, aside, as we try to, to negotiate justification in this circumstance, I, I wanted to raise the question, can he be an effective leader of young people on that team going forward? And I, I think that is a really important question that needs to be asked because I don't know if he can. Let's tear it apart a little bit. Think about that. Uh, this, is, this is troubling to uh, black athletes and to white athletes. I don't care what your background is. If you think you have a coach who, who used that kind of word, uh, I... <laughs> Uh, that would that would make me wonder a little bit, and uh, is that the guy I want to be led by? Uh, now, maybe different people will answer that differently, Jake. And I don't know how. I don't know how we find that out. I've seen a lot of people who have made suggestions like put it up to a vote of the players on the team. You know, I, but but I don't know how comfortable I would feel uh, as as an athlete. Uh, if if there's a coach who, who talks like that, uh, if that's what he does. Well, now there's there's more of a layer to the issue. And if you if you look into Chris Camrani's piece in The Athletic today, and he was on with Hanson Scotty, and his, his article is really, really good. He got a lot of different perspectives and tried to, to include them all. And it, it seems like it kind of comes from all sides. But there are certain scenarios that are described in here where – you know, they are issues and maybe they're not intentional and maybe they're not overt, but they are uh, but they are issues. Um, you know, for example, this is from Mo Lee, um, who obviously is a is a former youth. He said this in Camerani's piece, quote, if you were cool with Morgan Scally or anything of that sort, you probably were a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which means you had something in common with him or you were one of his guys. If you were considered one of his guys, he would praise you if you were everything he'd want you to be. But if you were anything outside of that line, he would embarrass you in front of everybody and certainly make an example of you. I was on the end of that multiple times. Unquote. I don't think that I that's just I don't know if that's overt intentional racism. Right. Or is that is that insensitivity to an issue that somebody like Morgan is unaware of? Well, okay, I want to go back on that accusation because uh, I don't know if what he just said is true or not. Correct. I You know, I mean, throw the church into it. Now, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. 
What am I supposed to say to that? I don't know whether Morgan did that or not. Well, well, well. I, church aside, I, I, I think the the keep an eye on the greater point here for a second. That it, it was it's biases that we all have and that we all bring to the table and that we're all trying to be aware of and sensitive to others, but, right? But a coach, a coach can only be biased by what he sees on the field and what he sees in the film room and what he sees out of the effort of an athlete. If, if he lets other things come into play, hey, I like him better because I, I like his religious beliefs or I like him better because uh, we have similar personalities – but you can't do that as a coach. Right. You cannot right. do that. You cannot allow that to happen. The only thing that you can judge an athlete on is his effort and his conscientiousness and what he's his team attitude, those kinds of things. And so if Morgan was were, had actually done that, then, then shame on him. And I don't know whether he did or he didn't because this is one guy talking uh, – I, 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 that that would be a major flaw. If I were teaching a course on coaching, that would be probably the, one of the first things I would say. It's the only way that you can you can judge an athlete is is by the effort he puts forth for you. You can't you can't judge somebody on the way they wear wear their hair, or the you know if they have tattoos or not or the color of their skin, or what neighborhood they come from. All of that is ridiculous. You can't do that. You can't do that and be in the coaching profession, in my opinion. Well, and some of these guys felt that way. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, there's, there's so many different perspectives in this Camerani article. I don't, want to get, uh, I don't want to get bogged down on one or two things, but just because we're talking about it, another example, uh, Booby Hobbs uh, talked to Camerani, and I'll read right from the piece. He says, Hobbs said no coach in his life made him better than Scally, but he also said that Scally did not uh, evolve to make black players feel more welcomed and comfortable. Hobbs alleged that when players of the LDS faith were caught having smoked marijuana, Scally cried in a team meeting. But when black players were caught having done the same thing, he didn't want them on the team anymore. And then he now he, let's stop right there. I mean, that is a hell of an accusation. That 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 is about as damning as it gets. If that's true, and I don't know whether it's true. That's how he and, felt. And, I mean, well, he, he's pretty plain this, right there. But this is, uh, I'm sorry, who said that? Booby Hobbs. Booby Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes players get angry at coaches for reasons other than than them, their appropriate behavior, you know? I, and that's why, to me, I think all of these voices should be heard. But uh, there's other stuff that needs to be taken into consideration uh, what went into that relationship. And some players, you know how it is, Jake, sometimes a player doesn't get the playing time he wants, and so he gets ticked off at the coach. I And I'm not making any excuses here. I think all these guys should be heard, but it also needs to be measured measured out and sort of sorted through. Well, let me – okay, this is kind of long, but I, I think there's some value here. Let me read Booby Hobbs' entire comment because okay. I, I do think that's important and a lot of people sometimes point to, to access to grind. And in, in fairness, let me read the whole quote and, and people out there can, can judge for themselves. He said, quote, I don't hate him. 
Uh, but for me, being a black man at this time, and I keep saying that because it's about race, and then again, it isn't. But me being a black man and seeing that you can make a mistake, Coach Scally, you can mistakenly say a racial slur, and you will ask for forgiveness. But if I make a mistake like smoking marijuana, don't look at me like I'm a bad person. Give me a second chance, and if you're asking for, uh, give me a second chance as if you're asking for the same second chance. He goes on, he says, my life got uh, affected by certain things that I did. Some things I got a second chance, some things I didn't, and it hindered my life. So if this situation that you created, Scally, hinders your life, it hinders your life. At the end of the day, Utah is about accountability. It's about action. No, I don't want to see you go down. I don't want to see you hurt. I feel like I'm a product of you, Coach Scally. You were the only coach that I've ever said hey, this man is the best coach I've ever played for. He was so powerful to me. I actually went back uh, to my thoughts and thought maybe if I would have listened, maybe I wouldn't have taken offense to this. My life would be better. But as a black man, I can't just keep my mouth closed anymore. My heart definitely goes out. I hurt because I'm cursed with a forgiving heart. I don't want to see him lose his job. But when it comes down to a uh, to a black player like me, you hindered or you played a part in altering. Where is their second chance? Where is their forgiveness? I don't think he hates black individuals. Uh, he was prejudiced to the fact he didn't know you were offending us. And by, uh, and by us being young players, it hindered our lives. We had to bite our tongue because we wanted to play on Saturday. And we knew if we come out and say, hey, Scally, maybe said something racist, we're not playing in the game. We're not going to see the field, unquote. That's a hell of a quote. I thought so. I mean... That covers a lot of ground. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you do with that? Uh, he just said that he was the best coach he ever played for, but he also said there was um, some ignorance on the part of Morgan where he didn't know how to relate. So, I, you know, this is a this is a tough subject. This is a, this is this is a tough one. That's why I, I felt that your column over the weekend was was helpful, Gordon. And I, I really enjoyed Chris's piece in the Athletic. Uh, if you get a chance, give them a subscription and uh, and give that a read because it was very very good. We also had an interview with Chris at twelve eighty thezone dot com, which was uh, which was very good as well. All right, Gordon, we'll get to uh, more coming up right around the corner. It is the big show, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.